What's going on everyone? Alex Miller with the Eagle joined by Travis Brown. We're inside Kyle Field after media availability this afternoon. Heard from Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher and players Damani Richardson and Caden Davis. First of all, Travis, welcome back. Thanks. From, from your honeymoon, your wedding, congratulations. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to kick off football season. Well, you've got you've got back right in the mi middle of things and right in the middle of A&M's quarterback battle, which seemed to be one of the key storylines of today's media availability. You know, reports swirling that, that Haynes King might have a leg up in, in the quarterback race, but Jimbo Fisher very clear, it's it's still an open competition and, and guys are still splitting reps. What did you gather from what Jimbo had to say about it this, this afternoon? Yeah, and we'll start off by saying, when I went back and listened to some of the things that Jimbo Fisher said while I was gone in some of those press conferences, when asked about the quarterback, he, he kind of maybe slipped or, or he said both those guys a lot, uh, which probably in my mind excludes Connor Wegman out of this race now, the freshman. I think he is definitely part of the future of, of A&M, but I think right now it's a two-horse race between Haynes King and, and, and Max Johnson. Um, I, I think naturally a lot of people would say that Max John, or excuse me, Haynes King would probably be have a little bit of the edge, be the front runner because he's been in the system longer. Max Johnson has more SEC uh, game experience, but Haynes King has a little bit more time. However, he said that neither one of them have the edge. Both of them are getting the same amount of reps with the first team. It's still an open battle between the two of them, uh, and that's all we can necessarily go off of is what Jimbo Fisher is saying right now. You've been at a few more practices. I know yesterday the practice I was at, Haynes King was leading the ones. Uh, what have you seen necessarily as far as, as who has been out there with the caveat that a lot of times in these practices all we get to see is this little kind of warm-up running drill where all 11 offensive guys are out there. Uh, so we get an idea of maybe who's running with the ones, but we don't don't necessarily know if that changes, if they do anything different once they close off practice after about the first uh, four periods or so. So that being said, with what we see in that one drill every time that you've been able to see, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, it certainly seems that it's been Haynes King and Max Johnson switching between the first and second teams. I mean, that's been pretty consistent throughout fall camp. Like you said, yesterday was Haynes King's day. Uh, Sunday, which was AM's open practice to the fans right here on Kyle Field, it was also Haynes King's day. Um, you know, Wegman at times we saw got in there a little bit of the mix, doing some uh, some receiver corner, you know, one-on-one, two-on-twos, a little bit of the team action. But yeah, it, it certainly appears at least that it's down to Haynes King and Max Johnson. Of course, Wegman being as talented as he is, can't completely count him out. But yeah, I think that is that is a fair, uh, you know, kind of observation of sorts. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we we see how Jimbo's saying that Haynes King back to, to full strength uh, in his physical abilities after breaking his leg last year. But then, of course, you know, you hear the stuff about Max Johnson, and and one thing that we know about this AM offense under Jimbo Fisher, it, it's not an offense that someone can necessarily pick up overnight. Uh, per se. You know, we saw how it took Kellen Mond a couple years to really master that offense before he had a really good senior season. But a lot of high marks for Max Johnson throughout the spring, over the summer, and even into this fall camp of just how well he's been able to pick up the system. And, and that really shows me that it really is a, a, probably more of a tight race than some might think or some might presume. I mean, some people think Max Johnson is the leader. Um, it, it, it's kind of just a whoever what you think kind of deal right now, um, but yeah, I, I certainly think that you know Jimbo Jimbo's not lying when he says they're still switching off because that, that's what we see, right? And we can only go off of what we see and where we're at. 
Um, and that, that's been the case of what's going on right now. So, you know, we, we look at the depth of the quarterback room. Uh, something that really stood out from what Damani Richardson had to say was that he thinks that this might be the deepest the A&M team in general has been since he's been on campus, of course, going into his fourth year as a senior safety. You know, what would you kind of make of that and just kind of looking at the AM roster and the depth chart? Something that stuck out to me in going back and listening to some of the things that Jimbo Fisher said to y'all while I was gone was this one quote when, when asked about a little bit about the depth, a little bit about uh, the depth chart and starting lineup and where some guys might fit in is he said that their mantra to the guys is go out and practice, go play football, go play good football. And, and if you can do that, they'll find minutes for those guys. They'll find snaps for those guys on, on the field. And to me, that is something that... He might say that they've been able to say that, but to me, I don't think that's something that necessarily this A&M program's been able to say, save for maybe last year uh, on some position groups, is that depth, that, that, that ability to have competition in practice where multiple guys, you can see that depth chart uh, slide up and down and change week to week based on how guys are doing in practice by just having that depth of talent at multiple position groups. Uh, I asked Amani Richardson about it. He said it's the deepest they've had since he's been at A&M. Uh, and Jimbo Fisher kind of reiterated that fact a little bit today that um, they, they have the ability to have guys go out there and compete. And it's not just there's that one guy that they know has to perform every week or else things are going to get... Uh, uh, a little bit hairy. They, they have guys who can who can rotate, who can step in, uh, and can earn their playing time maybe a little bit more uh, than, than they've had here this year. It's something that they mentioned when they first came in as a coaching staff. They needed to bolster that SEC depth. I think that they have it now. Yeah, and you know, everything that you hear about the freshman class, you know, you always hear about the two or three or four freshmen that come in and can be the instant impact, but you know, you hear about them talk about the class as a whole and just the competitive nature that they've brought to the team in general. Uh, obviously the highest rated recruiting class in, in history, it's littered with five-star guys all over the place. I mean, this is a class where in normal years, like I said, you'd see maybe two to five guys step up, maybe be starters or key, key contributors. That number is maybe doubled uh, when, when you look at who, who has been here throughout the spring, what they've done throughout the spring. I mean, you look at guys that pass the eyeball test. Anthony Lucas is a beast. Uh, Shamar Stewart, he looks cut. Evan Stewart is a guy that just continues to be talked about. Um, and, and you can go down the line and talk about all a bunch of different other guys. And so, yeah, I mean, it certainly seems like from the freshmen all the way up to the seniors, there, there is just a cohesive competition uh, going on day in, day out as AM goes into their second week of fall camp. For sure. Yeah, you know, something, something of note, too, just a housekeeping item. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, we, we've seen guys in and out of practice with minor injuries. Fortunately for the Aggies, he said there's nothing that's been season-ending or, uh, you know, long-term per se. Uh, and, and that's good for, for A&M. And, and, you know, when you, when you look at where they're at, uh, and we've seen some guys in and out over the last couple weeks and whatnot. Yeah, you know, when we were at practice, it was certainly uh – glaring at the offensive line where you have uh, Bryce Foster and Layden Robinson who were out of pads, not participating in contact uh, uh, drills. Uh, some guys, Aki Agumbi, you have uh, Wyckoff, you have some of those guys filling in. Fisher said that none of those things are season-ending. Seem to indicate, if you read between the lines a little bit, that none of them are going to be long-term. I would be surprised if any of those carry into the deep into the, the, the first game uh, as the season starts from the way that he uh, kind of presented the issue, though he said they're not really going to talk about the bumps and bruises of, 
right. of fall camp, which happens, and how they uh, limit guys and, and, and manage guys' uh, reps. I mean, you go into all the, the technology they have now with the GPS vests and the data they can get. They can manage guys' workloads depending on what their body is taking and how they're feeling. Um, and, and so we don't necessarily get into those numbers and get those indications. Some of it might be some of that stuff too. So, uh, yeah, not really looking like there's going to be any major issues on the offensive line, even though it looks like they're rotating some guys, trying some different stuff, and some guys are, are getting some time off. Well, the, the other guy we heard from today was a kicker, Caden Davis. Um, you know, really talking about the, the distance that, that he can have as he takes over the, the place kicker role for Seth Small, who's off to the pros now. Yeah, I got to nerd out about soccer a little bit because I love soccer. He's a guy who started <laughs> in soccer, played a, a, a kind of your, your right winger, right forward. A little bit surprising for me with how strong his leg is. Usually when you think soccer guys with the big legs, it's the defenders, it's the goalies, guys who have to uh, see a distance in the field. But, man, I wouldn't have wanted to get in front of that shot. He's got a strong leg. He also credited some running track with those fast twitch muscles uh, in, in his leg to kind of build up that strength. Said one, he's been here at A&M, the longest he's kicked in practice is uh, uh, 76 yards, which is impressive. With a little bit of help of the With wind. a little <laughs> bit of help of the wind, yeah. Uh, he, he said his range right now is anything inside 65 yards, but he's been focusing on the things that are 55 and in because he's been the kickoff specialist here, the guy that uh, has been the big booming leg. They even kind of played around in the past two years of maybe using him for some of the distance kicks, saving Seth Small for some of the shorter ones. We saw that in spring ball. We maybe saw it a little bit in fall camp, uh, two fall camps ago, but uh, that never really manifested itself. He has the leg. Uh, he's excited about the opportunities at the end of halftime uh, when maybe they have a long kick. He can run out there and get to show things off a little bit, show off that strong leg. Uh, and it's, it's something that AM, if you go back, Seth Small, not a real huge leg, pretty accurate. Ma Michael LaCamera, not a huge leg, pretty, pretty accurate though not necessarily had that big booming leg in a while and it'll be something uh, fun to see how Jimbo Fisher and the special teams coaches uh, kind of use that in play. Yeah you know kind of, to me it, it kind of feels like when Braden Mann took over as punter for a uh, after Shane Chapuka. Shane Chapuka great punter for a did some good things but I mean Braden Mann just really had that powerful leg. I mean he had the 70 something yarder against Kentucky right here on Kyle Field. Uh, and, and was was terrific now playing in the pros. Seth Small made some really clutch field goals for the Aggies and wins over Florida and Alabama. Uh, but like you said, didn't quite, ha didn't quite have the, the distance that Caden Davis might possess. You know, obviously hasn't had a chance to really showcase that yet, but on paper it looks like he might have the ability to make some really big, big kicks from long range. Uh, this season for the Aggies. See how much he can hone in on that accuracy going from the kickoff specialist to the place kicking specialist. Well, it's hot out here. We need to get inside in the air conditioning, and that's about all we can talk about and have to say about today's media availability. We'll be back after all of these to break them down, and be sure to check TheEagle.com and The Eagle for a little bit of a recap today and as we continue to preview Texas A&M's 2022 season. So for Alex Miller, I'm Travis Brown. We'll talk to you soon.